now entering Welcome back to the Horror Sanctum Podcast. I'm Jay with Kellen and TJ, uh, and we're also joined today by rocker Magdalene Rose, formerly of the band Gold, Frankincense, and Myrrh, uh, now flying solo. Uh, Magdalene, thank you so much for taking some time with us, and welcome to the Sanctum. Hi. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I've um, I've I've caught your band, um, and I, I assume it's slightly intentional, like the first thing that gravitates to you and, and gold frankincense and is the outfits like you're like yeah. goth cheerleaders <laughs> and i saw that somewhere on instagram i'm like oh that looks neat and then i started listening to music i love i love all of it because i'm i'm kind of a hardcore guy like i love like bands like not loose under oath okay um, flyleaf like you 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 and uh gold frankincense Murr have uh hints of all those bands uh so i enjoy yeah. it personally and I assume that if you dressed up as a goth cheerleader, then you probably had some horror ties and you liked horror films. So I'm like, I'm going to yeah. ask her to come on the show. And here we are. Um, so I've seen your music described as beauty core, which I think is fantastic. Like be- there's so many cores, <laughs> but beauty core is probably one of the funnest ones I've heard. Uh, and I totally understand that. Um, your solo stuff is great. Um, you and it's your, your sisters, you all slap pretty hard. Um, so if, if you want just take a second and tell everybody listen to us about yourself and how you got into the scene and music and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So like you said, my name is Magdalene Rose and um, the new music is pretty similar to kind of what the Gold Frankincense Summer sound was, but it's taken on kind of a, a new life to it. We're adding more like pop punk elements and like trap elements into it. So it's still super heavy, but um, it's got kind of like a modern take on that. It's got heavy guitars and that puts the music, um, but there's still that sing-along aspect to it. We like to bring in like pop punk elements um, and just kind of get the crowd involved at the same time. And, you know, but it's still like, it plays into the girly aspect of it because, you know, I just feel like it's fun to poke fun at that. But then I come on stage and it's like, I, I scream and everyone's like, what is going on? Like, this is not what we expected. It's awesome. And and like I said, I, I enjoy the music. I'm, I'm a hardcore guy. Um, you definitely have some pipes on you for sure. And that's the thing, like, you know, in, in GFM, <laughs> you're, you're cheerleaders. And then when you get to growling and, and screaming, like it definitely changes for sure. And I can appreciate that. So um, we asked you to pick a movie for us and you went with uh, 2018's A Quiet Place, which was directed by Jim Halpert himself, uh, John Krasinski. Uh, <laughs> It was written originally by Brian Woods and Scott Beck, and I have their dictionary. I meant to have it. I just have my still book, but uh, they wrote a uh, or published their diaries when they were making the film Haunt. So they were trying to get Haunt made, and while they were trying to get that made, they were also trying to get A Quiet Place picked up, and they didn't get it picked up until Krasinski jumped on, and the studio's like, oh, okay, yeah, we can work with that, but Haunt was a great movie. A Quiet Place is a great movie. They also wrote uh, The Boogeyman that came out this year, which was a Stephen King adaptation. Um, and they uh, wrote 45 with Adam Driver. I won't comment on that one because okay. it wasn't that great. But um, <laughs> if, if you're unfamiliar with the film, basically aliens have invaded uh, and they hunt by sound. So we follow the family as they try to quietly navigate this new terrain uh, and the tragedies that it brings. I, I'm just going to go back one second, just for a second. Did you honestly try to s- slide the word slaps in earlier? Like you're not almost 40. Is that something that happened? Did I, uh, did I just you have don't, a fever? You thing? don't know how old I am, sir. And slaps is a great term. We use it. All the time. 
<laughs> no, uh, no, that just caught me off guard. Uh, speaking of being caught off guard, talk about being caught off guard in a movie with monsters that track you down by sound. Um, I hadn't seen this movie since it came out in 2018. Um, and I remember watching it and loving it when it came out. It's, it's, <clears throat> I would say it's up there with some of the greatest suspense movies ever made. Um, the movie starts off and makes you feel uneasy and they never let you have a moment. <laughs> I mean, other than yeah. the waterfall scene, the movie keeps tension the entire time. Um, there's time jumps, obviously, um, moving forward, you know, going from the intro scene where the family's looking for medicine. Um, we all know what happens to the, to the boy. We flash forward to the wife now being pregnant. Um, but in all that time, you know, you, you feel like it wasn't an easy go for them, even during the off times. Um, it, it follows that typical formula where you just, everything comes to a head all at once. But I feel like, it, you know, this is things that have been building up to, for their entire time. You can tell from all the planning that um, they've been doing the, the basement set up with all the cameras, the lights, they've got a system worked out um, all the paths that they've created with the sand um, to try to keep the sound down. So all that to say, this movie does subtlety almost to perfection you know the, the subtle things that happen in the movie that that pull you into the the tension that they're feeling living in this world where you basically can't talk <laughs> you know, they, right you know you you can't just go out and have coffee with a friend <laughs> you can't mm -hmm. do the normal things that we would do you drive I mean drive a car you know everything that you could think that we do normally in society draws attention for these monsters um, who are terrifying looking. Um, they reminded <laughs> me of the, the Demogorgons from Stranger Things oh, yeah. on steroids, you know, instead of a couple of flaps opening like a, like flower petals, it's the whole head opens up. Um, the visual of the ear canal that they show, <laughs> even that's creepy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> one thing I wanted to mention for the movie that lacks sound for probably 75% of the film when they do use audio it is so impactful the scene um, towards the end when the kids are in the grain silo um, John Krasinski's character is looking for them they're trying to they're trying to you know navigate the monsters at night and you know it gets to the point where the kids are in the truck John Krasinski realizes the one of them one of the monster aliens is on the roof of the shed he turns it knocks him away it's so intense and then the music changes at the scene where he's standing there and sees the monster attacking the truck and it becomes you know comes more like, almost like a heartfelt scene and he, as he says that you know the i love you i've always loved you gut-wrenching <laughs> that scene is absolutely gut-wrenching i mean the the way it's acted everything that builds up to that moment the the guilt the daughter felt the guilt i'm sure the father felt that couldn't you know vocalize to his daughter you know that everything I mean, it was just so much tension between you know him and her and it gets to that moment you know the son at the the waterfall tells him you know you should tell her that you love her and he has the realization and then it gets to that moment. And then, like I said, that music becomes almost sweet, 
harmonic and he looks at and if you don't uh, i've been i've been known jay knows this i'm kind of a soulless person (laughs) i don't have have what people call emotions most of the time um but that one rips your heart out and and that's such a testament to how good this movie is it's not long um there's not a whole lot that happens except in spurts you know the beginning scene um the ending scene a little bit in the middle but for the most part you know everything is just building that tension and then you have that sweet moment and then right back into it and then the the end with where they realize um kind of like in signs they realize how to defeat the monsters per se um and you know that like it, it leaves it optimistic but I, and i haven't seen the second one but you know that it, it's it's gonna end i know i know shocker <laughs> <laughs> but um it's just it just it does what it was do, what it does so well um i just I, I didn't realize how great this movie was until i watched had to sit down and watch it again and and i wa- watching it with purpose you know a lot of times you watch a movie you sit down you just stare at the screen watch the characters take it in and go away and then when in a situation like this where you're having to you know talk about it you you watch it with intent you look at what's going on the actors the you listen to the music you you watch how the scenes play out get a better a depth of understanding of what's going on um and just was blown away <laughs> like I, I was like it, I, it was one of the few movies that i watched for a second time and thought wow why haven't i watched this again more recently like this yeah. is a fan fantastic movie the acting's great the 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 way it's shot is great the simplicity of everything is just beautiful so yeah i I absolutely absolutely loved this movie i was glad we had to watch it (laughs) i was i was just proud that you had seen it before if i'm being (laughs) Uh, maggie you don't know but kellen is is kind of our noob in the group like he that i said slaps and noob in the same conversation but he uh there's a lot of movies he hasn't seen so we introduce him to a lot of fun stuff so it's that's fun too though it's disappointing but it's also fun yeah. we get to show so, you um, right so Maggie, tell us why this was one of your movie picks and and what you how you connect with it yeah so i am like when it comes to horror movies i cannot do a lot of them i am like a huge scaredy cat and like but sometimes like i will randomly be able to watch like these super like awful movies and people are like scared of them and I'm like oh like it doesn't bother me but I don't I don't know my brain just picks and chooses which ones that it's capable of handling but I love like any type of sci-fi thriller like suspense movie like that is where my like where I thrive and like any type of creature feature like I always want to watch them even if it's like the really crappy like b-rated movies that are like you could tell the cgi was terrible and they filmed it in their backyard like those are my favorite movies ever and so like to see a creature feature like well done is like such a cool thing to me and i have seen the second one i love the second one too like this the whole franchise is something that like i absolutely loved because i was like oh my word it's like a scary movie but i kind of like like i don't kind of i really like it but it's not like scary scary movie but it falls into the category so like I can be like oh yeah I watch scary movies <laughs> and and so but I love like the monster reveal like the way it looks it was super cool like you said it reminded me of Demogorgon I was a huge Stranger Things fan too and so just being able to see that was like oh that's super cool um and I watched um 
Bird Box when it came out, and I feel like A Quiet Place was everything that I wish Bird Box was. And, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, because I was I was so disappointed by Bird Box, and like you didn't even see the monsters most of the time. I think they may have like kind of revealed it once, but not really at all. But you get to see the entire monster multiple times in A Quiet Place, and like there's different parts of it that are revealed, like its weaknesses is revealed, but I think it's cool that like one of the characters, he can't really hear anything that's going on without the help of a hearing aid and the hearing aids that they're trying to make aren't working the best. And so she kind of can't really tell what is too loud and what is, what is an okay sound to make. And so it, it's cool to see that kind of element and a lot of people that I talked to that watched it when it first came out, they're like, that movie was so boring. Like there was no talking, there was no like whatever. And I was like, that's the whole point. That's why I loved it. Like you had to interpret like everything and every small detail was there on purpose. And you had to look into things and you, know, you could see the research that the dad was doing and all of this stuff. And like, he even went to the, to the lengths to learn sign language to communicate with his daughter and um like all the the doomsday are prepping that went into it that way they could have like a semi-normal life in this weird apocalyptic world and you know the second movie goes into that a lot more and it, it does a lot of time jumping too to kind of explain how that all came to be um so I love the second movie too it gives the world so much like more expanse um but yeah, I just, it is a very, I, I like the atmosphere of it as well as like the creatures in it. And I think it does all of that super well in a way that isn't normally done because usually it's, movies are dialogue packed and it has all these jump scare noises. And it's like, no, like you have to, you have to be super quiet. And I think that's part of its powers that you also like subconsciously are not making any noise the entire movie either. And like any like, noise anybody because I think I went and saw this in theaters and anytime anyone made a noise we were like shh because <laughs> we we're like we don't want to miss anything and so I think that added into it um and it just kind of helped you become part of that world a lot more absolutely yeah, you, you said the you said the thing about the um the daughter not being able to hear reminded me of the scene in the cornfield where the monster comes out behind her and that is such a tense scene because like you said she can't hear so she has no idea it's there. It can't hear her, but you know that just the smallest sound if she makes in that scene, it's over for her. And it's just such a suspenseful moment. Yeah, it's 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 very Hitchcockian. Uh, there was an interviewer once, I think back in the '60s, that was interviewing Alfred Hitchcock, who, who most of us uh, who are film junkies and and these kind of movie fans are often credit him as kind of being the master of suspense building. And, and he was asked once, how do you build suspense in a movie? He said, you take a bomb and you put it in a box and you put that under one of your character's chairs and you don't let that character know about it, but then you show it to the audience <laughs> and then you just play it out. <laughs> How long can you drag this out until this bomb's about to blow? Just just that uncomfortable thing. And the audience knowing more 
than the characters like like the scene you just said kellen is is a big a big piece of it is is us being able to kind of see that that kind of god third person kind of point of view outside of the film looking into the film but uh yeah i think a quiet place is probably one of the most masterful horror thrillers of the last 20 30 years uh, certainly since the 2000s uh, and, and to have a sequel that that is almost just as good is is almost unheard of to be at that level. I mean, right? Even if you, I was just looking at the IMDb scores, it's like seven point five and seven point two. You don't get that for horror films nowadays because yeah. you know critics are usually the first to trash on a horror film for any one little thing they don't like about it. So, and I, I think the authenticity of it. You know, this this isn't a film for people who who like a lot of crash and bang and, and or who don't like foreign films or don't like reading subtitles because you know you have to do a lot of that with the sign language and everything. And you know, some people are just check out with that. But even some people I know that won't watch a subtitled film normally will like a quiet place. In fact, it holds a very very rare record in, in the Stone household. It's one of the very few horror films I've ever gotten my wife to watch with me because she loves John Krasinski and Emily Blunt. Yeah. And same, same, same in this house. Yep. Mm -hmm. And all because all because of Jim. <laughs> well, it's more about Emily Blunt for, for my wife, but same effect. So I'll take it. I don't know if I'll ever get her to watch the second one now that she's seen the gross monster in the first one, but you know, I'm holding out hope. Uh, but the fact that they were actually are married in real life and then the authenticity and just the shorthand of that relationship and, and almost being able to say so much with a look that that's already has that lived history being brought into the role just made it so much better. And John Krasinski said he wasn't even trying to, you know, bring that, uh, to her uh he was looking for maybe like a romantic comedy or something for them to eventually do together uh but he was actively looking for other actresses when she asked to read it on a plane one day and by the end of the plane ride she read it and was like i have to do this <laughs> this has to be me and i think she did a masterful job i mean the scene in the bathtub and just the dragging out you know she's giving birth how, how do you give birth silently knowing that if you, you make the scream that the monsters are going to come and kill the baby and you and the, you're probably your old family and then mm -hmm. just the, the the ratcheting up of the tension i mean this this film is a master class in ratcheting up tension all throughout the movie but because you you know you just live with that tension of like what's going to happen if we make a noise and then you see that first scene really lets you know oh We've established the threat. There's this monster we just get a brief kind of glimpse of, and then you get a little bit more as it goes on, and it just builds masterfully. Um, I, I've read that initial screenings that didn't have the CGI and the monster quite right didn't work as well. Uh, and, and actually, in some of the reshoots and stuff, John Krasinski himself wore the motion capture, you know, uniform <laughs> on set to actually kind of mime the the actions of of the monster and uh, i'm sure any versions you see where john's just walking around in the green suit probably maybe doesn't seem as as scary but 
just the commitment to uh the the script that he got i believe was 67 pages uh long and and they were kind of thinking it might just be like a pilot to maybe a series or something and he took it he added his own touches to it to fill it out and said i have to direct it he'd only directed a couple films before this and they were more uh kind of in the comedy realm because you know that's the world he was coming from from the office and and to make a turn like this to be a masterful horror thriller director and then to do it again a couple years later is just it's impressive uh i i don't think there's ever been quite a movie like i mean there's there's some thrillers that are effective that that don't have a whole lot of dialogue there's certainly a lot that don't have a lot of good dialogue um <laughs> for sure we've all seen those but I think this is just a lesson in in nuance and and how less is more and and you can really this the art of filmmaking really comes through in a film like this where the visuals tell the story and and that harkens back to to some of the masters of, of silent film like you know Charlie Chaplin early days Hitchcock you know tell it with the images and sell it with the actors and and this it just tells a tight story but hints at a much larger world that the the sequel and i'm sure the the upcoming uh third movie is slated to come out in 2025 if they finish development so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what more they do with this jay what do you think about it well there's really not much more to touch on than what everyone said um I'm fairly certain I saw it in theaters too. Um, I've probably seen it four or five times now after watching it again today, just to to brush up. I love the film. I love the sequel. Um, the cinematography is great. The direction is great. Uh, Millicent Simmons, who plays the the daughter, you know, she lost her hearing at 12 months, I think, old. So, you know, she lives that every day. And I, as someone who wear hearing aids myself, appreciated that. Um, but she was so young and I thought she just did a fantastic job with, with, you know, not speaking, just signing and just her acting. She was fantastic. Um, it's definitely bookended by gut wrenching scenes, which Kelly and I talked about today. Like that first scene on the bridge is, you know, we talked about how it's quiet in the theater. You know, you don't want to hear somebody move the popcorn. You don't want to hear someone cough because you're so focused on this yeah. film. And then we're so focused on this quiet. And then all of a sudden, you, you, I think you see the family's back and you hear that toy go off and you're just like, like your heart drops. You're, you know, it, it, it's so hard to watch and it comes mm -hmm. fast and, and it sets the precedent for this movie. Like, this is going to be brutal. Like, this is the world they're in. It's a brutal, bad world. We're not going to sugarcoat anything. No one's safe. I appreciated that. Um, I know that's one of Joe Bob Briggs' rules in cinema is you don't harm children. But when you do, when when you do, you remember that, and you know, and it sticks with you. And then, of course, the ending where John Krasinski screams and and sacrifices himself for his family like, that's gut wrenching too, because he's worked so hard to build this environment for them to be safe. And even though he decided to have a child with his wife during these times, he he made you know preparations where she could, you know, be somewhat soundproof. Um, so seeing him having to, you know, sacrifice everything he's he's done, 
to make the ultimate sacrifice. That's that's hard to watch too. My biggest knock on the movie, and I was telling Kellen this too, is like, who gets pregnant during a situation like this? And granted, it could, have, it could have been an accident, but you got to be more careful. Like the world's hard enough. Right. You've lost one child. What should we do? Let's replace them. Well, yeah, but it's going to cry. It's okay. You'll figure <laughs> it out. Like that, that, that's the, the worst part for me in the entire thing. And again, if you take that away, what are they going to, what are they going to do with this, this first movie? You know, it's a big part of everything. Um, the only other part I really hated in the movie was the nail part, but I didn't hate it because it was a bad scene. I oh. hated it because I felt it through my entire body Ooh. when she stepped on it. And yeah. that's another like foreshadowing. Like you see it before it happens. You're like, damn, like something's going to happen there and I'm not going to like it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's definitely a masterclass in all the fields. Um, I think um, I knew John Krasinski had, had uh, directed a few other films, but I knew they weren't anything like this. And the fact that he took a, a, you know, a decent script and turned it into a great script, like Bravo. Like I would have never expected that as an office fan, like seeing him turn into mm -hmm. what he's turned into now. Like he's Jack Ryan, you know, uh, yeah. it's just, it's crazy what he's become. Um, but he, he was fantastic directing this and, and his writing and the acting. And I think him and having his wife in it too made it a little bit more special. I'm still fingers crossed with them being Mr. and Mr. Fantastic in the future of, the Fantastic Four, even though I don't think that's going to happen, but um, <laughs> you could you could feel that connection come off the screen as well. So that definitely made an impact. Um, <clears throat> the Monopoly scene, that was another scene that was super intense because, you know, okay, yeah. here we are with our, our little plush figures being as quiet as we can, and then boom, you know, Lantern gets knocked over. I couldn't even imagine, like, I literally, I can take my hearing aids out and I can still kind of hear. Like, I couldn't even imagine not being able to hear anything, not being able to be aware of my surroundings and living in the world that I know we live in and how loud it is. Like, I, it, it's a very terrifying concept. Um, there's some people I wish lived in a world where they couldn't speak, but that's another <laughs> thing. So, um, but yeah, I loved it. Um, we'll go around and do our ratings and then we'll start a close up shop. So for me, I was 4.5, but the more I sit and think about it, it has all the aspects I look for in a movie. Like it's something I can watch over and over again. It's something I'm happy to show other people. It's something that people who don't like horror movies still kind of like. Uh, so I boosted it up to a five for me. So I gave it a five out of five. Wow. Kellen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I touch on something that Jay said uh, just about the kid dying in the beginning of the movie. Um, I typically agree with that. You don't hurt animals you don't hurt kids yeah. unless it's meaningful and unless it makes sense for the movie and that sets the tone for everything and it's not it's not drawn out it's not overly violent it's it's super quick but that super quick scene watching john run like sprint as hard as he could just to come up short sets the tone for the whole movie. And that's the part that puts you on the edge of your seat, seat and keeps you there for the rest of the movie. Um, so yeah, you don't want to see kids get hurt in films, but if you have to, this is, this is almost a, another aspect where this is a masterclass in showing how to do something that would be considered taboo in a way that's meaningful and, you know, perfect for the situation. Um, but for all the reasons Jay said, I, I was thinking about it on the way home and I have to give it a five too. It's, it does everything that it meant to do perfectly. And it's, it's, it's up there in one of the most perfect suspense movies, you know, as far as, you know, just in general, I don't like to give a lot of fives, but this movie just 
it gets under your skin immediately and it and it's it lives <laughs> inside you until that you yeah. know, the ending credits so yeah i give it a five and you know you're never bored in it either like there's no. always movies yeah. where something is happening and you kind of check out for a second but after watching it again today there's not one second where you check out at all uh, yeah. so that yeah. you know that yeah. helps too all right uh maggie what'd you give it um, this is one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> I just automatically give it five out of five, but it's I feel like it's not an undeserving five out of five because like you're saying, just the atmosphere of it. You're, you're never bored and you kind of you're forced to pay attention because of just every little thing is meaningful in it. And you know, the acting is so well, especially coming from an actress who is young but also deaf. So she knows the character like way more than most people know their characters but you can still see all of the emotions coming through her like when they have arguments she's like signing but she's like pointing and like you can see like the anger off of her and I was like oh my goodness like most most normal kid actors don't even have this good of like an expression of emotions but she's signing and you can you you know what she's feeling just from signing like she's not even saying anything and you can understand it and so just I, I fell in love with the all of the characters as well as like the atmosphere. Um, but yeah, just the whole movie is compelling to me. I love it. And so it's just it's a five out of five in my book. <laughs> nice. All right, TJ. Wow. Well, I was I was leaning somewhere around the four point five, but but after you guys have, have made all your cases and I can't really disagree with it. We might have a historical presidence here. I think I gotta, I gotta bump it up five out of five. If for nothing, no other reason, yeah. then it's one of the ha literally handful of horror films that I've been able to watch with my wife, and she actually wanted to watch it. Nice. So that that would be a five, and that's probably also because John's not here to to, dra to drag it. He would give it. He would give it a two point five just for just for reasons. I, I, I kind of feel like he would like this one, but I don't know if he would get a five or not. But that's gonna be a five. All right. So um, that's gonna be a wrap on this episode. Thank everyone for for checking us out. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and to wherever you listen to this podcast. Also check us out on Instagram. Uh, Magdalene, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you want to take a second tell everybody what's going on in your life, tour wise, music wise. Yeah, so we are, we should be on tour um, by the time this episode comes out with a band called Fozzie. And so it'll be Fozzie, Seventh Day Slumber, me, and um, the Nocturnal Affair. So we'll Chris be Jericho's doing that band. tour. Yeah, yeah it's, awesome. a lot of, it's a lot of fun tour with him. I went on a tour with him um, back when I was with GFM. And so now we're doing Magdalene Rose tour and we're making it. We're, we're diving into the theatrics of it a lot more. Um, we're kind of making it this big, like, thing. There's a big LED wall. And we have, like, control of all the lights and stuff. So we're going to make it this big, like, thing where all the lights are off. And then, like, there's one person on stage just silhouetted. And all of it's going to tie into, like, the next band and stuff. So I'm, I'm super excited for everybody to see that. All of the dates are online. So if you haven't checked those yet all my social media is official magdalene rose and we're constantly posting where we're going to be at every day so definitely check that out uh, we've got new music coming out all the time um you know we just released a song a little bit ago called a bad residential featuring spencer chamberlain from under oath and that is like one of the bucket list things in my life is working with somebody that i grew up listening to and i got the chance to do that on that song and it kind of ties into the horror aspect because it is about 
night terrors and just these super graphic things that I was dealing with, you know, when I would sleep. And so I was too scared to go to sleep and didn't really sleep for like six months. And so the song is just kind of about the process of kind of overcoming that and kind of getting those visuals out. And I figured if I wrote them down, it would kind of help me like see, okay, these aren't real. This is not like an actual thing. And it helped my brain kind of process that. And so, um, you know, we're, we're hoping that it resonates with a lot of people with anybody who's ever dealt with PTSD and, um, or night terrors and have struggled with that. We're hoping it resonates with anybody, um, and just helps them push forward and continue fighting and, you know, realize that there is hope and that it will get better one day. And, there is power in continuing to fight and choose to live every day um and you know we just we have a ton of fun on tour we release tour vlogs as much as we can on our youtube channel and stuff so all of our social media we're just constantly posting and helping everybody see kind of the behind the scenes of tours like yes there's these big great tour pictures but also hey we just did this really dumb thing on an off day we think you'll think it's funny so <laughs> we just have a lot of fun so we hope you'll you'll join us on our social media as that official Magdalene Rose. And we hope to see you on a tour date pretty soon. Awesome. So go check her out. Uh, great music. And I also kind of grew up with Under Oath. I'm a little bit older than you, but I love Under Oath. Like, <laughs> and they've not put out an album that is not amazing. Like, It's insane for a yeah. band to do that just constantly. But uh, be sure to go follow her on social media, uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Check out on tour. I loved how TJ's eyes slowly widened after you said Fozzie. Like he was put it together. He's like, Chris Jerrica. <laughs> I'm an old school wrestling fan and I love the band Fozzie. <laughs> no, Fozzie's great. Uh, Chris Jericho will be on with us next week. But um, so <laughs> just kidding. Uh, oh thank you again. Uh, thank you again, Magdalene, for joining oh. us. It was great. Thank you for uh, making us watch another movie that we all love. Uh, and uh, thanks, John, for not dragging the five down to a four. We appreciate it. Um, so for Jay, Kellen, TJ, and Magdalene, uh, until <laughs> next time. Keep it spooky. <laughs> <laughs>